Well, it's another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast on this early Wednesday morning, cold Wednesday morning, in uh, a small Midwestern town called West Lafayette uh, after Purdue's victory over uh, Marquette, 75-70 in the Gavit Games. And, um, you know, Purdue had to come from behind. They had to do a lot of things they didn't have to do in the first two games. And probably the num- the number one thing that stood out from this game was Purdue only had six turnovers for the whole game and shot 56% in the second half. Uh, when you pair up those numbers, uh, you're going to win a lot of games. Uh, and they had six turnovers, but two of those came from Braden Smith early. Uh, but then Braden Smith settled down uh, and took over at the end of the game. And really, you know, push this team to victory. But I also thought that the combination of Jenkins and Smith uh, really, really helped Purdue get over the top. Because um, you've got Jenkins, an experienced guy, 24 years old, played at three other programs, knows the lay of the land. You know, and Smith is playing his third game of his college career. He doesn't look like it, but uh, he was playing his third game. And, you know, he didn't let the early turnovers rattle him because he had two turnovers and a foul in the first two minutes. And, you know, he didn't play particularly well in the first half. Uh, Jenkins came in, but then, you know, Painter was searching actually for a defensive combination in the second half, and that's why he went with both those guys. And, I, you know, I think that's a lineup that you're going to see um, throughout the season now. I mean, I think you have to look at playing those two guys together. Uh, not all the time, not as, not in place of somebody, but, uh, you know, those two guys seem to complement each other really well, or at least they did uh, Tuesday night. And there'll be games where it doesn't work as well, but, you know, I, I think that's a that's a that's something that Purdue now knows it can go to uh, when dealing with uh, high pressure teams like it's going to face uh, out in Oregon when they when they take on uh, West Virginia on Thanksgiving night. Uh, so they're going to have to, you know, they, they've got something that they can they can lean on uh, in that game. And we'll we'll see how that goes. But I thought their combination was 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 solid. Uh, you have a pair of ball handlers there that kind of understand the lay of the land, and you know Purdue was able to uh, you know keep itself together, shoot a high percentage, and uh, not turn the ball over. You know Zach Eady got him off to a good start in the second half, eight straight points. You know Smith hits that three. I think to put him up 43-38, and Marquette calls a timeout. Um, you know, you thought, well, that's the moment Purdue's going to pull away, but Marquette came, came back. You know, it came back in the first half. It seemed like the first, oh, 10, not 10, first 30 minutes or so, uh, every time Purdue got a lead, um, Marquette came back and took the lead and didn't uh, – you know, it didn't go away. Uh, that's a good team. They're long and athletic. They've got some guys there that are, that are going to uh, do well in the Big East. Uh, they're a young team, but 
there's some talent there, and that's how Shaka Smart recruits, and that's how he plays. And you know, all credit to, to them. Uh, I mean, they had a prime opportunity to come in here and get a road win uh, against a quality team, uh, but Purdue was able to, to hold them off uh, at the very end. And uh, you know, Braden Smith has has really you know played. You know, maybe hadn't played well in the first two games. You know, he had the seven steals against Milwaukee. Um, you know, I don't know if anybody really played that great in the second game. You know, Purdue didn't shoot well. We know that. Zach was a monster inside. But um, to, but to overcome the early mistakes for a freshman point guard, and I know these guys are kind of well beyond their years when they get to college because they played so much summer ball. They played. They've been involved in competition, uh, either in the summer or at the high school level. So they are much. They're much more prepared for college basketball when they get here. Not all the way, but it's a different. It's a different game. It's a different preparation than it was many years ago. Uh, and they're in. They're in tip-top shape because they all have personal trainers and all that kind of stuff. But my point is that you know they're. While we call them freshmen and we we call them all this stuff, you know they're they're much more experienced when they get here. So it's really not a not a huge surprise when they do things like Braden Smith did tonight. Um, but it's still, you know, there's still there's still a learning curve in this sport and all the sports where freshmen have to, you know, they're gonna, you know, Braden's going to take his lumps. He's going to have going to have bad nights where those shots don't go in or he's going to have more turnovers uh but it's you know it's how you how you handle that stuff and yeah i think he has to make up to handle the highs and lows and uh, i think he'll he'll be fine uh once it's all said and done so take you a sip of Braden smith kool-aid and uh and enjoy it uh, they're going to have some time off to play before they play west virginia but you know, as i said i think jenkins played well he didn't have a turnover uh hit some big shots uh, got the ball inside, uh, so yeah, I, I, I think those two you're going to see uh, in the backcourt uh, in a lot of games this year. Uh, but you know, Fletcher Lawyer is still going to play. There's other guys that are going to play, but I thought it was um, good for those two to get out there. They hadn't practiced much together in the season because uh, Jenkins has been hurt with the the eye, uh, but they did. They did practice together in the offseason as Painter looks to try all kinds of combinations just to kind of see what how things look and fit and, and feel uh, just so he can go back to it once the season starts if there's something there that he that he likes. If you remember, that's what he did last summer with Travion and Zach, seeing if they could play together. Uh, and... You know, it didn't. It didn't work out. It's not a. It wasn't something that they were comfortable doing. But you know, I thought it was. You know, tonight at least with Jenkins and Smith, it, it worked out well. Uh, and you know, I think that's, that's something you're going to see, at least here in the short term, uh, and, until teams adjust to that and they have to counter uh, with that. But you know, and also uh, a big play from tonight was Caleb versus Block. Uh, on Cam Jones, I think the score was 63-62, just over four minutes to go. Uh, if he hits that shot, you know, who knows where the game goes. 
but uh, it wasn't just a normal block. Caleb had to come from the lane, sprinted out to the lane, and got a got a hand or a fingertip on the ball. Uh, you know, Purdue had then came down and scored. Uh, I think Braden Smith had a layup. Uh, anyway, they stretched that the lead out to five, uh, and then kind of built it from there. But that was a that was a key play. And then you know, Caleb had a dunk off of Zach Heady pass uh, during that spurt as well. So. You know, first played 13 minutes, played well, uh, good contributions from him. Um, and there were other guys that did some good things. Drake Hoffman Wren was aggressive and uh, things like that. It still, he's, it looks like he's still trying to settle in to, to playing at this level after you know sitting out last year with the redshirt season. But you know that that will come around. I'm pretty confident in that. That that situation will he'll he'll, he'll come around and be a bigger force as, uh, as this season uh, goes on. But this was a good win for Purdue. Uh, the fact they had to dig deep to to do it. Now you go, you stay undefeated. You go to, you go to Portland, Oregon. Uh, you know, the hope is that you can get out of there at least two and one. Um, you, know, you get West Virginia in the first game. And then if, you, if Purdue wins, they'll most likely get Gonzaga in uh, the next game uh, and then you know if they win that they'll probably get Duke but even if they lose that then I think you're probably looking at Florida or Xavier uh, after that so chance to play three power five programs uh, maybe a chance to get out of there two and one I think that would be a good good thing for the resume and good experience for them to to deal with this but um, you know, it didn't look good for Purdue there for a while. Uh, I mean, I think uh, uh, Marquette was, you know, the first half, Cam Jones was carrying them. He'd only scored 13 points in the first two games, and I believe he had 16 at half. And, you know, you thought that it was going to be a long night for Purdue, and it looked like that, looked that way in the second half when uh, they, they stretched the lead to nine. But, um uh, you know, Purdue was able to come back, and they, they they showed a lot of things. And now, you know, you move on. They got some practice time now to to clean up some things. The rebounding really was a concern tonight because uh, Purdue just didn't finish enough of the defensive possessions with rebounds. Um, you know, that was the bad news of the thing. You know, and they were close. I mean, rebounding. You got to box out. You got to do all that stuff, but you got to secure the ball with two hands as well. But the other thing too is that uh, Marquette never really took full advantage of that. They had 15 offensive rebounds, but only six points off those offensive rebounds. Six second chance points is all they had. When I look at numbers like that, you know, I look at offensive rebounds, then I look at second chance points. I I kind of equated to you should get a point for every offensive rebound. So in my book, uh, Marquette should have had 15 points because they had 15 offensive rebounds. Uh, and that would have been nine more points, and they win the game based on that. So Purdue, Purdue caught a bit of a break uh, that they didn't convert all those second-chance opportunities, uh, but that's an area Purdue has to clean up with the rebounding. Uh, I think they got out-rebounded uh, by four or five 
but they didn't. Purdue itself did not have a lot of offensive rebounds. I think they may have had six offensive rebounds for the game. Uh, you know, I think Zach had four of those. Uh, so they've got to do a better job on the offensive glass. You know, as Pater has mentioned, and it's true, you got to in, in these games uh, against equal competition, you, you've got to find a way to to steal some points and. And stealing points in basketball is on the offensive glass and then not giving away points off turnovers and trying to get some transition points off their turnovers. But they didn't turn the ball over a whole lot either. Uh, so, you know, Purdue didn't didn't get that opportunity tonight, in part because they started shooting a better percentage in the second half. And the shots that didn't go down in the first half were going down in the second half. You know, Purdue missed some free throws late that by people that you just don't expect to miss those kind of free throws. So, again, lots lots to clean up, lots to look at. And, uh, curious now with the time off, you know, how, how do they look when they go to West Virginia? It's first road game, first travel. So all those things kind of come into play. How do the, how do the young players deal with that? Um, all that kind of stuff. So... You know, we'll see. You know, that's that's still a week away, uh, so we'll see what what happens uh, out there. All righty, well, that's uh, that's going to do it. Uh, as I said, Purdue a seventy-five seventy winner uh, over Marquette. Uh, I don't know if the Gavit games are going to continue uh, in the next year or two, but you know, Purdue keeps playing the same opponents, either it's Villanova or Marquette. And then the Big Ten ACC Challenge, it's Florida State or Florida State. So if that's the way it's going to be, then Purdue should just get out of these, get out of these uh, games because it's not, it's not good for them. It's not good for the fans. You need to see a little bit of variety there uh, with this. Anyway, that's my that's my soapbox for the night. Uh, all right, well, got football coming up Saturday. Uh, Purdue can take another step in trying to clinch at least a share of the Big Ten West title. Um, and I, to me, that's the. There's two things in play here. It's winning at least a share of the Big Ten title, and then can you get to the championship game, or do you want to get to the championship game? Um, you know, the first order of business is, you know, getting a piece of the title. You can hang a banner, you can tout it, promote it, social media to death, all that kind of stuff. So, um, it would be good for the program to have a division title as part of its history you know even though the, the Big Ten West gets bashed um, and all that kind of stuff that's you know that's fine but it's still a division title 20 years from now no one's going to care uh, they're just going to look at a banner and say hey Purdue won a division title how cool was that um, so it, you know same you know same way like when Purdue went to the Rose Bowl I mean they tied with other teams but they still went to the Rose Bowl no one really remembers that they tied with other teams uh, to to go to the Rose Bowl, they just they went to the Rose Bowl, and that's the bottom line. Uh, so you know we'll see. They need Iowa to lose a game if they want to play in the um, Big Ten championship game. And Purdue, I mean, I, Purdue Purdue should win these next two games. Uh, if they don't, then they don't they don't deserve a banner. They don't deserve anything if they lose these two games. It's just plain and simple. And you know, the, to me, the most amazing stat about Northwestern is they've beaten Purdue at Ross Age Stadium 
um, five straight times. You know, Purdue hasn't uh, Purdue hasn't beat Northwestern at Ross Aid since 2007. Uh, to me, that's a pretty amazing stat. But Purdue's a heavy favorite, should win, should beat IU, and that would get them a piece. Uh, but anyway, we'll we'll break down that game afterwards, and obviously you can follow along on Saturday uh, to what's going on with that game. Uh, if you're going to the game, dress warmly. Uh, it's going to be cold. No question about it. All right, well, thanks for stopping by. Uh, appreciate it, and uh, have a good day.